Hey there, welcome to today's episode of Imperfect Action. Of course, I'm Brock Edwards. Today's guest is Maule. He's a musician. He is trying to make change, make meaning, make a difference in the world through his music. And he is on a great journey that he shares with us. And if you get a chance, please do check out his music. Uh, he, you know, Find him on YouTube and all the usual places. He has a three kind of a trilogy video series coming up. I think he said it's going to be released in September. So uh, pay close attention for that. And anyway, um, very excited for it. His music does not pull any emotional punches, even though it's very beautiful. And you will hear all of that as we get into today's episode. What's up, everyone? Um, my name's Ebenezer Yabua. I go by the stage name Mawule, which means only God knows. And I was originally born and raised in Accra, Ghana, and grew up in Denver, Colorado, and have been living here ever since. Um, since growing up here, I've picked up writing music, singing music, performing music, and that has kind kind of turned into my my second passion, my second career that I pursue full time now. In addition to also working as a higher education professional down at the University of Denver. All right. That seems like a little bit of an unusual combination. <laughs> yeah, but, it sure um, is. Yeah. So, well, I guess so, I, you know, I have never been to Ghana, but I'm guessing it's different than Denver. Yeah. Ghana is very much, very much tropical. Um, it has really evolved and really globalized to the point where um, you see development of malls now, um, I think a lot of times when people go to Ghana, they think it looks like Hollywood because people think that's how the houses you see or the infrastructure you see, there's the perception that that's what Hollywood looks like. So that's what people build out there. And so it's very much advanced. Um, I wouldn't say it's a third world country anymore, just based on how the economy has grown, but such a beautiful place. And I would recommend anyone that gets the chance to go to to go visit. Nice. Nice. So uh, other than climate, and I think you said you came over when you were 10, so this may not be, you know, kind of a fair question, but what were some of the, just the, you know, striking differences as you acclimated to the U.S. culture, in fact, to the Colorado and Denver culture? Yeah, I think some of the most pronounced um, differences was the food. (laughs) Food, food, food is very prevalent to, you know, many cultures and very salient. And I think the food was a different one for me. I think You know, my first time coming over here, I had a hamburger. I didn't know what to do with it because I've never really seen meat and bread combined together before because we don't do that in in our culture. Um, So that was that was a distinct difference. Uh, I think the weather, like we already mentioned, was different. Something for me to get used to. Uh, Another thing was um, I would say, you know, supermarkets shopping centers and all that grocery stores um Ghana had more of like an open market type of feel uh where people selling things in the street and all that and so walking to like a Safeway and Albertsons for the first time was kind of like a a, a cultural shocking indifference to me which might not seem very prevalent to most people but I think for me at that young age those things were very noticeable to me absolutely absolutely so you know, music is, is, of course, very personal. And uh, the things that happen to us before we're seven is what I'm told really kind of sets our personality and, and sets us up. So I, I guess 
have you seen or, or how have you brought those, you know, kind of two <laughs> distinct lives yeah. into your music? Yeah, I think um, a lot of my a lot of my early music that I, I wrote was more based on sort of challenges that I experienced assimilating to the American culture. Um, and so, you know, some of the general trends you hear of um, students or immigrants from different countries coming to the United States is the whole aspect of like bullying or, you know, feeling different, not, not fitting in, not, not being accepted and all of that. And I, I definitely experienced my fair share of that type of experience. And so as a musician, I think a lot of that experience inspired the type of music that I wrote because I knew similar students and similar um, folks were experiencing the same thing that I was experiencing. And so it inspired me to write music that I knew for sure that people could really relate to. Hmm. So what do you hope to do with your music? To be quite honest, I think, I think that has kind of changed for me over time as I've learned about the music industry and um, my knowledge and experience has grown. And I would say before I wanted to, I wanted to travel the world uh, that's something that I'm very passionate about. And I wanted to do that with my music, traveling the world and performing my music and just learning about the music industry and just learning how that is really the main source of revenue for a lot of artists and just hearing different stories about how artists who do venture in that, that sort of path lose connect with family, friends, cause they're always on the road and all of that kind of led me to just have a different view of what I wanted to do with it. And so my ultimate dream really is to, to be a songwriter. I want to write for other artists. I want to share my music through other voices, not necessarily mine. And so that would be my ultimate dream, ultimate goal is to be connected with an agency that I would be a songwriter for artists that they have on labels on um, within the, their management companies, within their business. So that would be my ultimate dream. Uh, years ago, a friend of mine whose parents I, owned a small record uh, recording studio in Detroit. He had he had actually mentioned because I didn't really know much about songwriting or producing at that time, and he had mentioned that that seemed to be kind of the best gig because just like you said, you know, you don't you don't have to travel, you don't have to go anywhere, you can stay at home, and yet you know your music still gets to go out into the world and touch people, yeah, and you still get paid for it, yeah, and you get to go home to your family and friends at night. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So, so what is, I mean, is there a, a general theme or particular focus to your music or is it just kind of what's going on in your mind at the time? Yeah, I would say most people that listen to, to my music, they would say is very much social justice and diversity oriented. And that would be sort of foundational theme of my music. Cause I write, I write about race. I write about um, poverty. I write about um, music that create aware awareness for sexual assault, sexual violence. Um, I write on topics of faith. And so when you look at the the spectrum of diversity and social justice, I try to write music that that covers a lot of the topics that we're currently dealing with as a nation. Um, from all these different aspects. And so those are truly the foundation, the foundation of my music. And I think it's, it's very interesting for, for a lot of people to hear, or even just booking agencies to hear it. Because when you listen to my music, it's not, 
like when you're thinking about putting a show together and, and you know, bringing artists on the bill, it's always, I'm always that like one oddball within a lineup because folks' music might be more hype and might have like a high energy, high vibe and mine's more of soothing, mellow, thought provoking. And so it's kind of a, a interesting blend when an artist goes out, pumps up the crowd and then I come in and kind of, I would say, perform music that probably makes you want to cry. <laughs> Yeah, that's a little bit of contrast there. And, and yeah. in fact, I was, you know, just as you were talking, I was thinking, you know, man, those are, those are important topics, but those are, those are heavy topics. Yeah. And, you know, how do you, and, and I don't know if there's a particular way, but, you know, how do you write um, about such heavy topics in a way that touches people without overwhelming? Yeah. So I think I'm, I'm, it's always funny. So my, my supervisor kind of always makes fun of me because when I talk about conversations with people, she always says, yeah, that's definitely you. You have a way to get people to open up and just share their whole entire deep secrets with you. <laughs> and so I think I have, I have that like natural sense within myself where people find comfort in, in having a conversation with me and kind of having meaningful and deep conversations with me. And so how I write my music is is I write it in a way where when you listen to it, it feels like you're you're having a conversation or you're you're getting advice or you're you're feeling empowered by someone telling you, hey, this is this happened, but this is okay. You know, don't let it bring you down. So like that kind of like flow. And so I think I try to focus on that and I try to focus on, you know, if this was my sister, if this was my brother and they went through this experience, like what what would I want someone to to say to them or to how would I want someone to listen to them if they were hearing their story? And so that is like the critical lens from which I write my music. And so mm -hmm. it, 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 it can be overwhelming, but no one leaves feeling broken or mm. feeling um, unheard. I think if anything, they feel inspired and they feel very much, listen to heard validated and empowered so you you i mean you've mentioned that basically you you're kind of the the odd man out on, on a on the billing yeah um and so you, you have this you know powerful heartfelt message uh a slightly different style of music maybe you said more soothing mm -hmm. how do you connect with the world? Like, how do you find your audience or how does your audience really find you given that it is, you know, like you say, kind of a different, different approach? Yeah. I, <laughs> that's, a, that's a great question. <laughs> Cause uh, that's, that's one of my, that's one of my hurdles right now that I'm still learning to overcome because Denver, when I, when I look at my music, Denver is not really the place for my music. When I look at the scene, um, what type of music is is more prominent here? It's not my scene, and so yeah. In terms of cult cultivating my audience, um, one thing that I do is I try to write blogs, and I try to use blogs as a way to find my audience. Um, just writing writing blogs on things that I'm passionate about, blogs on the music that I write about, um, and I also kind of share the root of the inspiration for different songs and. I use that as a way to, through my website and through social media, to share articles that people might read, blogs that people might read. Um, and I use that as a way to bring, to cultivate my audience. 
And I think from different shows that I've done, people naturally after a show, which is always what you want as an artist, is for your audience to grow after every show. And so I always find people reaching out to me and um, sharing which songs that touch them. Um, oftentimes I've even, I've even found requests for people that have come to shows that I don't know to have coffee with me just to chat because they want to hear more because they don't, they don't see artists writing what I write about, um, to the extent that I do. And so they're always curious to know more. And so overall for shows that I do, I always find those bits and pieces to tell my story before I perform a song to interject my story and what I do in there. And so I think even in a crowd where it might be audience, there's always people that are there to listen to the show, to the performer. And so I always find those moments to grab the attention of the people in the audience that are there to hear the music and hear what it's all about and hear what I'm all about. You know, it strikes me that there's a, there's a nuance there. There's a, a skill there. I, I've, observed bands that you know the headliner often has a deeper connection with the audience mainly because you know in part the audience is there to see them and the opening acts maybe not so much Uh, but I've just noticed that some bands just don't really create a connection with their audience it's like hey we're so and so we're happy to be here merch tables in the back go buy something Uh, and you know they say it a little nicer than that but the there's not this sense of building a connection with, with each person. And yet then I've seen other bands that, I mean, it feels like, like they are playing to you, like you they're in your living room, you know? And the, you know, even though there's this crowd there, somehow they're able to create a connection with like every single person in the crowd. And, and, and I, I don't know that you know the answer to this because I don't, and but I'm always fascinated by like how do you do that? How do you build like that one-on-one connection when you're talking about you know hundreds, if not more, people in you know a room that are all there for all their own reasons? Yeah, um, I think thinking about as an artist, like when you when you write music, you're you're writing music for a purpose whatever your purpose is, you're, you're writing for a purpose and you want people to feel that purpose through your writing, through your instrumentals, through um, the production. It's, it's a journey for you when you make the music and it's a journey for the audience as well when they listen to the music. And so when you have the opportunity to perform in front, in front of a large audience, um, connection is super important. Human connection is super important. It's something that we're missing now within our world, right? We've we've lost the days where you can just go ask your neighbor for salt. We don't talk to our neighbors anymore and all of that. And so I think as, as a performer, when you're on stage, depending on the type of venue and all of that, people are there to watch you. People are there to listen to you. People are there to enjoy themselves and travel through a journey with you. And so it is a responsibility that we have to put on ourselves at our, as, as the performers to really capture that moment and make it meaningful for the people that are traveling to come see us. And through, through me, um, I'm a storyteller. And so I take those moments to, you know, create laughter within my audience to create moments of like, ah, you know, those like sudden moments where people feel like you get them because I want them to get me too when I'm performing. And so I try to take that opportunity to recognize my responsibility, find the moments within my set to capture that and to 
let the audience know who I am. How do you connect with them after the show or, you know, in, in between it? I don't know, it? It seems like you, you, of course, have the people who are going to, you know, rush to the front, get a selfie and be Instagram famous because they got to, you know, take their picture with a performer. And, um, and, and, you know, nothing wrong with that because also in that line, you have people that want to have, you know, long, detailed conversations with you, I assume. And, yeah. you know, you can't just just because of that. But then there's also one of the things I've noticed is I think most people don't realize that the performers typically like people to come up and talk to them about the music or what's going on, or, you know, they, they like that connection. And I'm not, I'm not quite sure what, what my question is here, but, you know, just, yeah. How do you, not, not, maybe not how do you encourage that connection, but what is it that you wish your audiences knew about connecting with you? I think that's a better question. Yeah. So to answer your question, I, I, I say storytelling, storytelling, um, who you are and why you do what you do. Same reason why your audience, everyone in your audience has, you know, some sort of work that they do. They, they, they may not enjoy their work or whatever because of, you know, not a good environment or whatever that might look like, but everyone has work. And as an artist, that's work. And so in terms of the connection, I, I built, I build my lineups um, and my order of music intentionally to build on, to build on one another um, in a way that if I'm having a conversation with someone that I just met for the first time, I'm not automatically going to say like, um, you know, tell me your deepest, darkest secrets, right? It, it builds on each other. Right. Where are you from? What's your name? Um, how did you get here? Um, why do you live in Denver? All that, all that type of stuff. It's, there's an art to the conversation. And so same way to being a performer, there's an art to how I build my lineup in a way that I want to connect with my audience because storytelling is part of it. Um, and the music naturally, the way that I write um, is going to resonate with different types of people because my topic range with, within my music is very broad. And so oftentimes when I have people come to me after shows, their first thing is not, oh my God, you did an amazing job. But their first thing that they say to me is like, wow, I really love this song. They start with that first before they tell me that I did an amazing job. They start telling me mm. that connected with them the most. And once I started noticing that trend after every show, that's when I became very critical um, and very mindful about the order of my music. So I have I have certain songs that I've never performed because they are not, you know, when I started out, I just wanted to make music. You know, I didn't rec really recognize the power of extent that I can have with my music. And so I have music that, you know, can be played in the club, but in terms of me and who I am as an artist, I'm not a club performing artist. I'm more of like a coffee style, acoustic environment, intimate type of performer. And so more of the music that I perform um, travels within that avenue because that is who I am now as I've learned to develop my identity as an artist. So I have songs that I haven't performed because I know my audience won't connect with them because I know it wouldn't fit within my own agenda and my own um, uh experience that I want to create for my audience. And so it's all about the storytelling and it's all about the intentionality and, you know, finding those moments to share your story because that's what, that's truly what connects us, connects us all. So how does an artist make money today? 
Uh, I'm switching gears a little bit here. No, I love it. I love it. Um, today, artists, it's different. As, as an upcoming artist, the only way we make money is really through shows. Um, because we, we would make a lot more money if, like, for example, I would make a lot more money if more people knew I am and more people streamed me more on Spotify um, and all these different um, digital markets. And so that's that's one way um, that we can make money. I would say the money that I make for my streaming pays for the renewal of my product on the market, <laughs> which is which is great. Uh, but shows are definitely the best way that we make we make money. Um, the just learning more about the music business and and all of that um, music placements with shows, commercials, movies, and all of that publishing is a great way to make money. And I'm about to actually go to a conference in. Um, in Atlanta, the SyncCon, where music supervisors are going to come and tell artists and music supervisors, up and coming music supervisors, how they can enter the publishing world without going through these big parties that take all your revenue when they place your music. And so that's a trend that more um, more up and coming artists really need to jump on is diving into that into that scene because that's a way that you can build your own audience and start generating more revenue for yourself if your music is able to be placed in, you know, some of the big media outlets and, and all of that. And so shows and shows is the big way that we make money right now. Outside of that, there's several ways to, to make money as an upcoming artist. Folks just have to kind of dive into it, like the music supervision um, way that I just talked about. Well, you know, when, when I was a kid, you know, it was, you know, top 40. You, you only had so many artists to choose from. And those artists did really well. And that was about it. You had no way to discover new artists. And now, of course, with, with the Internet and, and YouTube and all that, you know, anyone with a little bit of equipment and a minor bit of talent can put themselves out there. Um, but, you know, the the downside of that is then it, it's much harder to stand out, I, I would guess, that, you know, yeah. just when there's more comp more competition that way, unless less of a gatekeeper, you know, the, the uh, record labels don't really play the same role that they used to play years ago. No. Uh, so, you know, so within that, and you, I, I know you've touched on this a little bit already, but how do you stand out and how do you stand out in a way that lets people know who you are? Yeah. I think for me, um, Similar to you know what I talked about, something that I really do differently than a lot of artists is I produce music videos that are very thought provoking, and so one of my music anything has won won um, the best music video at the DC Film Fe Film Festival Awards in 2017, and in 2018 won about five official selections into um, different film festivals, including um, Auckland Film Festival in New Zealand, and so that's something that definitely helps me stand out is that I produce music videos in a way that tell a story as well and um, hit the hit the conscious mind. And so I'm actually in the process of releasing a powerful music video on my um, EP called Transitions. And it's a music video that has the topic th with three songs. One of the songs focuses on faith. One of the songs focuses on um, suicidal awareness. And then one of the songs focuses on essentially um, broken relationships. And so I work with two directors um, back in 2017, and we just actually finished the product. So 
it's been a long time in the making, but essentially it follows one family around. One of the videos focuses on the mom and dad. The other music video focuses on the daughter. And then the last music video focuses on the dad. And so you have to watch all three music videos to understand the full story, though each of them stand on their own. But it tells the story of their journey, of how this family is going through all these issues and how this issues is impacting each of the family members. And we built the video in a way that um, you would have to watch video two to understand the continuation of a scene that was in video one. And so that's something that I try to do differently within my products is beyond just the music. I try to produce powerful music videos that are going to amplify the effect that I, I, I want from the music. And so it's definitely something that helps me make me stand out and also submit them to film festivals for the chance to get screening at film festivals around the world. And I invest money to do that. And so it's a way that helps me stand out with what I'm doing with my products and then helps the audience know who I am because I use these videos as a way to tell my story. Yeah. So, so you've got this day job and you're, you're a musician <laughs> and an aspiring songwriter beyond the music that you do for yourself and you, you know, do shows and that now you're deep into video. Um, you know, first question is of course, you know, when do you sleep? And <laughs> you know, that, 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 that sounds like it keeps you busy, but actually I'm, I'm really curious. So with the videos, I mean, that is a completely different skill set. Yeah. Of being able to tell a story with video versus versus through music. Now, is that a skill set you've developed or do you you just kind of storyboard it and then you you work with others to help really film it? Or how does that work for you? Yes. Yeah, so I think it, it was it was I started doing that because when I produced my first video, uh, Black is Beautiful, it hit about six thousand views within the hour that we released it. So that really told me the power within within that video itself. And then yeah. growing, it kept growing. And now I think we're at 10,000 plus. And so just from that experience, I realized that, you know, I just don't want to produce music videos to just sit on YouTube. I want to I wanna produ produce music videos that I can use as educational tools for myself and for teachers and stuff. And I actually have had teachers reach out to me because they've shown a few of my music videos in their classrooms to make a point with literature lessons that they've been doing. And so I realized that I want to do that. I want, I don't want my videos to just sit on YouTube. I want them to be educational tools. And so once I realized that every director that I work with, I always challenge them to think about how we can go beyond what they're hearing within the music. How can we tell a story? So um, we spend, I mean, with this project that I just talked about, you know, two, three years making this project, finding the right people to act in it. And so there is a lot of storyboarding that goes into my music videos, months and months of rewriting scripts, months and months of making sure that we have the right story, we have the right message. And we're also producing scenes in a way that makes sense and in a way that makes people think. And so that is where I spend a lot of investments after I, after everything that I do to write the music, to produce the music, it's never over for me because when I get to that music video stage, that is like the next level of fun for me where my passion comes out. And I've been very blessed to have great directors that I've worked with, Gary Hayes, um, Jonathan Nichols, both who are up and coming music video producers here in Denver. Um, 
And so I love working with them because now they've got to know who I am. They know I, 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 when I hire them, I'm just not hiring them to produce, you know, basic music video that everyone else does, but there's a lot of thought and planning that goes into mine. And so it's always exciting to bring them in a, a room together so we can listen to the music, think about ideas that come to them and start, start building that story from, from, from there on. You, you definitely have a kind of higher purpose, higher mission to what you're doing mm -hmm. and that, you know, there, there, there's a lot of thought that goes into it clearly, <laughs> you know, just from, from what you've been telling me here, there's a high degree of intentionality yeah. and, you know, we're talking about multiple years to create this trilogy yeah. of, of music videos, you know, that it shows that the thought that goes into it. You know, so what's next for you or, or where where is this heading in the next, you know, one to three years? Yeah. So um, I will share that link with you. I'll share a folder with you so you can see the, tri the trilogy video. Um, I think you'll love it. Right. Um, but what I really want to do is um, something that I developed. It's called More Than Music. So kind of like you talked about, I work in higher education and then I also do the music thing full time. And so. Sleep, sleep is not something in my vocabulary. It is something that I need to be more mindful about in terms of self-care because um, I want to live long, you know. <laughs> but um, long term, what I want to do is a, a program that I developed called More Than Music. And I got the support of DU um, last year to pilot it. And essentially, it's a 90-minute type of show where... Imagine going to a concert, a regular concert, where it's more of like an intimate style where you can sit and relax and listen to a performer. And with more than music, I developed it in a way because I truly believe in the value of human connection and the value of hearing different stories and knowing who lives in this world and um, hearing what paths people are, are traveling with the life that they live. And so my more than music is built foundationally to help people have dialogue about important things that matter to us. And so if, if when, when I ran the pilot and I've ran it at DU and a few high schools that have booked me to come run the show for them, but essentially my audience walks into the room, they sit down, everyone's talking. Before I start the show, I tell them to get up and meet somebody that they don't know. So if you came with your best friend or some, some close friend, you will, you wouldn't be sitting with them throughout my whole entire show. You would be sitting with somebody new that you don't know. And so I challenge my audience to do that. And so once they, they find somebody, introduce themselves, they sit next to their new friend or their new partner. And then I kind of set the stage of what we're about to do, challenge by choice, that throughout the whole show, I'm going to present questions out to them that I want them to really have intentional dialogues about. And I answer the questions myself through my music. I do a storytelling and then through my storytelling, share what aspect of the question inspired the music that I'm going to perform. And so I share the question, I tell my story, and then I perform the song or I will show a music video instead of performing just so I can, you know, maintain my voice because I'm talking for 90 minutes. And so that's where my music videos come into play as well to provide a digital element to, to my set. So more than music is built for people to have intentional dialogue. So throughout the whole show, I just have questions for the audience. So one of the questions is like, where are you from? One of the last questions that I leave the audience with after they've gone through my series of questions and getting to know another individual is, do you feel like you're living your authentic self? And that's the last question that I leave for my audience. And so 
I answer that question myself by sharing a story where I didn't feel like I was living my authentic self because I felt lost at a point in my life and I didn't know what to do. And so I share my story and then I performed a song that I wrote that was inspired by my experience. I posed the question back to the audience and I asked them to challenge themselves to, to really think about the time that we had together within our space and to answer the question as genuinely as they can. And so that's my future. And that's another thing that I want to do with my music and my music videos and, you know, how I kind of want to generate revenue for myself as well is by traveling to college campuses, traveling with companies um, and helping run this show to help them, to help co- people and companies, to help college students really think about how they can engage on their college campus intentionally and connecting with the people on their campus. Because I had a great time in college. The friends that I have right now are friends that I, you know, were very helpful for me in college and friends that till this day I owe a lot to. And it was because I engaged. I took the time to really engage with my college environment and the people within it. And so more than music is designed to help people have intentional dialogues to really get back to that human connection aspect, because it's it's what we all need. We're all we're all in this together. We're all experiencing different things. And most of the time people feel like they're alone, but they're not alone. You only find out you're not alone when you actually talk to somebody and realize, oh, wow, there's people out there that can listen to me. There's people out there that actually care and people out there that are going through the same thing. And so that is what I created with my my program, More Than Music, is to challenge where we're going with society, to challenge um, us to really go back to our natural ability to connect with one another. And so that's my future. That's That's really what I want to do long term with my music. Nice. You you do not have small ambitions. Uh, So where can people find you if they want to connect with your music, if they want to find out more about more than music or anything that you have going on? What's the best place to find you? The best place for people to find me is really um, www.maule.com and maule spelled as an M-A-W-U-L-E, maule.com. And then from there, I have, you know, links to all my different social media media sites. So Music Maule is my handle for my social media sites. And so website is like the number one go-to and then anywhere else, Music Maule, Spotify, Twitter, Instagram, that would be the best way for people to find me. How can the audience help you? What would your ask be of them? Um, to listen to the music. I think, you know, I write like I said, with my music videos, I make music videos that I just don't want to sit on YouTube. I want people to share with it and I want people to interact with it. You know, it's always a pleasure when people reach out to me when they discover my work. And I always love it when people tell me, wow, you, I can't believe you're not big or can't believe you're not huge. And I don't care about that because for me, it's more about the impact that I make. But uh, it's always a joy to reach out to me because they're surprised that I don't have the following, the right following and all of that. And so the best way people can support me is just listen to what I do and share it if you like it. Share it if you like it. Nice. Well, thank you so much. This has been fantastic. Thank you.